Adelaide, how are you? The Dead Set Legends ready to rock and roll for the next couple of hours here and you look outside and there is just no surprises. Seriously, not a cloud in the sky and someone who absolutely loves it. He dominated Sheffield Shield cricket for our state for the best part of two decades, Callum Ferguson. We're taking the mickey, aren't we? How good is it out there? Seriously, well, we had a bit of a hiccup last week and that probably was the uh, the mood for the weekend after what happened with the Crows oh. as well. But I'll tell you what, we've turned it around this week. No surprises, not a cloud in the sky and what a big weekend of sport we got coming up. He finds himself in the sunshine state. He's the former skipper of the Brisbane Lions. Played some good footy for Port Adelaide as well. He's a two-time best and fairest. Tommy Rockcliffe, hello, mate. Yes, good morning. Good morning, Adelaide. And uh, you talk about Cal Ferguson, who played for nearly 20 years oh, of yep. uh, state cricket. And he wasn't chaired off, but we seen someone get chaired off at the MCG <laughs> last night in a guard of honour <laughs> for 133 games. My goodness, where are we at? But, uh, it's great to be with you. And I mean, all the talk of the town all week has been about the Adelaide Crows oh, yes. and, and that point that was certainly a point from all angles oh, that Rob, I've seen this hang week. On, Rob. Rob. No oh, doubt he's, he's already in my started. mind that it hit that post and we had Benny Keys <laughs> hugging the fans and unfortunately it just didn't fall your way but I'll tell you what you got to do if you want to play finals footy Adelaide Crows you got to win on the on the road yes. you've got to win away games and I think that there's a, a quick solution for that Tomo and they can bounce back to finals next year I've got no doubt in my mind but it's going to take a pre-season camp on the Gold Coast oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> there is. We've been Start rolling the Sydney theme song. <laughs> we have been, we've been on air 90 seconds and there's two daggers thrown to the almighty mob down at Westlakes. Now, I'm telling you right side, now. He needs to get his eyes checked. I mean, if he thinks that, he's a phone. Fergus. So, I, see, this is the thing. Because the goal I was, I was half a metre away. I was distraught last Saturday night watching Rightly that. So and my too. phone is absolutely banging off. It's all from Rocky. Seriously, he enjoyed that. <laughs> Ben Key's moment more than the birth of his kids. Yep. It was outstanding. <laughs> I could not get my head around it. And then double down on the Sunday morning. Yeah, it doesn't surprise <laughs> me that he enjoyed it more than that too. I'll tell you what, he is seriously, he's on one today. And well, I reckon he's got some gold for us coming up. It doesn't bother me if the Collingwood Footy Club win the premiership this year. That was my grand final last <laughs> week. <laughs> to the Crows. So, uh, and this is unbelievable, but I looked down at the rundown today at 10.10am, oh, Rocky's demand a bit of time yes. with Rocky's <laughs> right wing rant. Yeah, this could be anything. It comes off the back of last night. I mean, we've got players getting guards of honour and chaired off after 133 games. He's not a champion of the game. Outstanding player and what he did mm. for for the Essendon Footy Club. He was a bit of a cult hero, but come on, where are we at? I mean, statues for finishing fourth. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, oh, that's, yeah. A good, that's a good I'm, point. Actually, I picked up. up on something earlier in the uh, that, in the World Cup, the Matildas, and yeah. elbow out on the cut stuff. Yeah. Now, that caught my attention. <laughs> I'm not having that. No, well, I think, all. I think all this is going to play out just after 10 a.m. I've got an inkling. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, as we straighten up, the skipper of the Port Adelaide Footy Club is going to join us just before 10.30. Yes. Uh, you played some great footy with him. We know he's a good mate of yours, but Tommy Jarnas, what an absolute star and what a career. Yeah, no, let's straight up and be serious for a minute. But that, he had an outstanding career and he's still got a, a big month of footy, hopefully, for yes. the Port Adelaide Footy Club ahead. Um, we imagine they may be coming up to Brisbane next uh, Saturday fortnight. So they have the bye and then yep. they'll be up here to, to play the final. So qualifying final, but uh, a big month to go. But he, he was. He, he was one of the hardest players I've ever played against. And I can't wait to chat to him later yeah, and good. find out how many players that he actually almost killed at yeah. training. Oh, yeah. He used to take a few out. Oh, it was Rocky's that. mail. Mm. Mm. 
now we are... the nets whizzing them past your ears. <laughs> he used to try and throw an elbow through people. It's <laughs> like Brett Lebo and a Pierce Morgan. Oh, <laughs> I've watched that too many times, that Rocky. That was too good. That was too good. <laughs> the footy review next here at the Dead Set Legends. Triple M. 104.7 Adelaide's Triple M, the Dead Set Legends. Tom Rockliffe, Cow Ferguson, and uh, Tomo Lesbert. It's going to join us at 10 a.m. Yes. What, a, what an absolute star he is, Fergus. Oh, he's a superstar. He's just got back from his 23rd straight variety club bash. Uh, his car on its own, I think, made near enough 50 grand or just over. And we'll ask him a bit more detail around how much they made as a whole for the for the bash this year at the top of the hour at 10 a.m. Yep, looking forward to that. And Collingwood, by 70 points, finish on top of the ladder in the home and away season. They tune up nicely for September. 12 goal drubbing to the Essendon Football Club there, Rob. Oh yeah, they would have been licking their lips, uh, the Collingwood Footy Club, when they seen they were playing <laughs> Essendon in the last round, just to get a bit of confidence and a bit of momentum towards September after a, a struggling five or so weeks. They'll get some troops back over the next fortnight. So they've set themselves up really well. They've been the best team for most of the season. Unfortunately, probably the last month, they've, they've, it's opened the the finals up, I think, by them performing the way they have, which is really good for the competition. But they they deserve to be the number one seed heading into September action. There's no doubting that. And they, they had that game wrapped up by a quarter time last night, didn't they? The way they came out, performed. Dugowie back into that mix. Hill as well. Hill's really important to the way that they play. He's that pressure player in the front half. He adds the speed element to it as well. And uh, they were far too good all over at quarter time. It was a bit of a nothing game after that. It wasn't a a great spectacle. But um, I think the biggest story out of last night is the Essendon Footy Club and and where they're at. Have they improved on uh, the last 12 months? I know they were in finals contention for most of the season. But you you look at their last 10 weeks and uh, their form has dramatically dropped off. Their percentage is only 89% or something. I think the, the bottom three teams are the only teams in the competition with worse percentage think about that for a minute Hawthorne West Coast and North Melbourne have That's the worst horrible. worst percentage over the last 10 weeks you, you look at their form they've beaten the Adelaide Crows by three goals at, um, at Marvel Stadium and we know that the Crows have had their issues on the road this season they fell in by a point against the West Coast Eagles and won by nine points against North Melbourne mm. Yeah, Rock, I've not seen a, a, a drop-off like this for a long, long time for one particular club. And I'm interested to pick your brain on this one. What is it that's contributed to this? Was I start to feel like the fitness levels of the players weren't up to it at the start of the year. And what Brad Scott's game plan is asking of the players, just they haven't been fit enough to run the season out. Yeah, I'm not sure. I imagine they would be fit enough. I don't. Okay. I can't buy into not being fit enough. I think that across the competition, programs may vary by sort of four or five percent. There's not mm-hmm. a great change there. It looks like effort the last two weeks. <laughs> They've been as yeah, disappointing against the Giants and last night, particularly early. They just didn't. It looked like they'd waved the white flag. They looked gassed after about 15 minutes, didn't they? Yeah. yeah, Same thing last week. Their season was over and and that was it. And you're talking about a footy club, a proud footy club, one of the big four Mm. clubs in Melbourne that hasn't won a final in 19 years. Yep. 19 years now. It's it's quite extraordinary. We know that they've had their issues with um, the drug scandal, etc. in the early sort of 2010s there. But um, I look at the the list management of the Essendon Footy Club. Have they had the list and the cattle there to to win big games and win big finals? And um, Adrian Dodoro has had his knockers over the last, and and they'll come out again now. There's no doubting that. He's been there since 98. Is it time for a change there? Because we know that coaches get moved on all the time. But at the end of the day, a coach can only deal with the cattle they've got. If they don't have the cattle, they can't win 
big games, win finals. You look at Alistair Clarkson, who's been lauded as one of the best coaches of our era. He had the cattle there at Hawthorne at the right time. He mm. took over North Melbourne this year. He hasn't been able to get them to, together yet. We know that there's been some issues there. Damien Hardwick took a long time. We finally got the cattle together and a bit of coaching that really um, changed the way that they played a little bit. So I think it'd be almost time that Essendon have to make some some tough calls. And even at board level, when you've got Kevin Sheedy coming out the way he did at the start of the season when um, Scott was announced as coach and saying, we all backed it. I mean, the Essendon board came out and said, we all backed it, this decision. Then you have Kevin Sheedy coming out and saying, well, no, I didn't. I voted for James Hurd. Yeah. yeah. It's not United, is it? Now, is the is the drug target, which is a good, you know, 10, 11 years ago now, and that still gets brought up to this day, is it, is it still an excuse, if you know what I mean? Like, there's been three or four coaches since that period of time as well. You know, in the last two weeks, they got done by 120-odd points and then 70 last night. It's a combination of 190. It's just not good enough, is it? You look at a team that had the opportunity to play finals. They played North Melbourne twice, West Coast twice. It's it's not an excuse. So I look at it, where did Essendon improve? Fantastic Collingwood. Yep, let's park them number one seed. Essendon, they have to have a massive offseason. They need to rebuild that list. It's Brad Scott's first opportunity, as he said in his press conference last night, that it's his first chance to have an offseason with this club and really drive the direction that they want to go. But they need to get some serious cattle in. We know that they may lose Darcy Parrish. Um, Zerk Thatcher is apparently maybe on the out. He's been reported that he may go to Port Adelaide. Would you let Parrish go, Rob? I I don't think I would. He's one of the best best players in the competition when he's up and going. I think he adds to that midfield group. So they've got to find a way to somehow get it to, to come together and come together really quickly because Essendon people, they want to win finals. And it's good for footy when Essendon are up and about. We've seen that in the first half of the season. They were up and about winning games of footy. Unfortunately, they've fallen away dramatically in the back half of the season. I blew the lid off after about eight rounds, but um, <laughs> that's, that's just Essendon fans. Yes. I'll push back somewhat on this rock from the point of view that Essendon, for a fair portion of the year, have been the second youngest team out there. They haven't been the youngest team out there on any weekend, but for a fair portion of the season, they've been the second youngest team out there. Does that give them any leeway? Does that suggest that there's growth there to be had? Well, not what I've seen in the last sort of 10 weeks. And maybe young teams, they do get... Um, tired towards the back end of the season. But I, I think that's a bit of an out as well, Fergus, because they were winning games early on in the season. And, and young teams you talk about, they can normally get on runs and, and get momentum and go through. And you look at the teams that have equal or younger lists, Adelaide Crows, same same age at the moment that they've rolled out there this weekend, Fremantle, North Melbourne, Hawthorne. Mm. Wow, Rock's got a few heads on the yep. uh, chopping block. He's I like it. it. He's, he's into I'll tell it. you what, he's got a bit more to come. He's, uh, he's on a heater today, I can tell. Now, Essendon might not be flying, but one man that is, is Greg Rust. Oh, oh don't start <laughs> on him. And he's going to join us next here at the Dead Set Legends, oh, 104.7. Adelaide's Triple M. This motorsport update with Rusty is brought to you by Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. Oh, there's humming. And then just above oh. that is our man, Greg oh, Rusty. Yeah, dominates yeah, listener with Rusty's Garage Podcast. And he joins us right now. Good morning to you, Rusty. On all eight cylinders or however many you like. Good morning, guys. How are we? Love that, mate. Love that. Hey, big story this morning uh, with the F1 back on the su- from summer break, I should say. Dan Ricardo crashed out of practice. What's the story here? Now, this is a uh, in practice two, so early this morning, our time. Uh, now, Oscar Piastri, his, his countryman, fellow Aussie, had come through turn three, which is a banked or bowl, uh, bowl-style corner, and had crashed out. 
uh, awkwardly and the car was sort of um, placed mid-track and when Dan arrived at a pretty reasonable pace, it was either hit the wall or hit Oscar. And when he hit the wall, unfortunately, it looks like the, the steering wheel has, um, you know, hasn't been able to let go of the wheel just quite uh, early enough and it's, uh, it's broken his hand, his left hand. So he is out of the Grand Prix tomorrow. He's going to be replaced by young Liam Lawson, the Kiwi, um, who's their sort of standby or reserve driver. And next week is the Italian race in Monza. And most people are wondering whether, you know, it's most likely Dan will be sidelined for that one too, sadly. Gee, that's a shocker. And uh, another week and another series of driver moves in the supercars 2024 silly season or musical chairs, depending on how you want to term it. Who's in and who's out now? This is, uh, I think we talked about it on last week's show. This is seriously going to be the most amount of movement I reckon we've seen in the, in the supercars pit lane in a long, long time. So Richie Stanaway, the Kiwi who did that wild car drive with Greg Murphy at Bathurst last year, he kind of left the sport disenchanted a, a few years ago, thought his career was over. He is revitalised, re-energised. He is coming back and he's got a drive with the Penrite team that David Reynolds currently races for. He's basically going to take over from David. He's going to be the full-time driver there, so this is a second coming for him. Richie is paired with Shane Van Gisbergen in the Enduros at Red Bull, so he's, a, he's got a lot of talent. That's a really cool thing. Scott Pye has been announced that he's leaving Team 18, and a few people trying to join the dots there and wondering whether uh, it might be Reynolds that, that lines up as Mark Winterbottom's teammate there right. next year. And there's a young Aussie blowing them away oh, yeah. in podcast by the name of Greg Russ. But uh, there's also <laughs> another one in the US in the motocross. He's arguably the best in the world right now, Rusty, just like you are in the podcast scene. Why aren't we hearing more about him in the mainstream media? I would hope that, that our chat here this morning is a little bit of an impassioned plea to mainstream journos yes. to, to give him some coverage. So his name is Jet Lawrence. He's 20 years of age. He originally hails from the Sunshine Coast in Queensland. So he's won already the, the, the kind of first tier of the sport in the, in the prestigious American Championship. So the, the 250 AMA Supercross and Motocross title, already had those in the bank. He's just wrapped up the, the, the main one, the 450 crown this year. And in doing that, in, in motocross terms, he's, uh, he's had 20 moto or race wins straight wow. and 10 Jeez. round wins straight. I mean, this is Chad Reed stuff. And we, we do need, a, you know, kind of the mainstream outlets to be recognising. We've got a very, very special talent on our hands here. Appreciate your time once again, Rusty. Enjoy the rest of this beautiful weekend, mate. Have a cracker. See you guys. Thank you. That's Rusty for Bendix Breaks. Put your foot down with confidence. 22 minutes away from 10 o'clock for your Saturday morning, Adelaide. 104.7 Adelaide's at Triple M. You can get us on the listener app as well. L-I-S-T-N. Uh, it's been the story of the week, boys. The Adelaide Football Club robbed oh, yes. of four points and uh, <laughs> will not be playing finals football because we'll get the coasters done tonight. Don't worry about that. Oh, I don't know. And, uh, yeah, anyway, won't be playing finals football. The ball was, uh, well, hit it went the through the goal. And it, didn't hit the, it didn't hit the post rock. Didn't hit the post. <laughs> it missed it by a considerable margin, Rock. Let's get those like, eyes checked, though. Like, can, we, can we be fair income for a minute, though, yep. before we get into this? Because you, you, everyone's talking about compensation for the Adelaide Crows. But a goal umpire has made a mistake. He's made a human error. Yep. Why do the Adelaide Crows deserve compensation for that? Because it goes back onto the AFL, doesn't it, and their system. And then... But uh, there's been human errors. They, human errors 
errors happen in the game a thousand times. But has it cost, like, has it cost a side as bad as well, this? From, it, you know, maybe this, a dicky push in the back. So has this cost the Adelaide Crows finals footy? Or has Adelaide's inability to win on the road cost them finals Yeah, there's, all right, don't, don't so get me wrong. There's a bit of that. This, but if it, this it, happened in the first quarter, would we be talking about it? The ball still had to go back yeah, to the centre bounce. I've got no doubt, Rock, they'd still be talking about it. This is one of the worst decisions. Yeah. And and you, the, the three of us have been watching footy since the since day dot since TV started probably for me. I'm not sure about you mm-hmm. two, but seriously, this is the worst decision I've seen in a long, long time, maybe a decade. Mm. So, Can you so, remember something being more costly, Rock? I'd, shut up, Tomo. Yeah. Do you think this is the most costly decision you've seen in your time as a Crow supporter? Yeah, oh, as a for the, the Dangerfield one in the prelim was a huge one, wasn't it, against the Hawks? Yeah, but is this? The most costly that oh, you it's know. The, it's, it's the most costly thing that has happened to the club from an umpiring decision point of view. There's it's no doubt about that. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the thing that I can't get my head around was the, it kicked off, when, when was it? 2011, 2012, when the Hawkins one hit the post. Yep. All right. And we invested a little bit into technology. And the best vision, the best vision was from a punter in the crowd behind the goals yep, on right. an iPhone 6. Grainy, can barely <laughs> see it. <laughs> Honestly, well, I don't, I don't think that was the issue because the vision was fine. If they had gone and reviewed it, it would have been called a goal. So I don't think the camera angles, it's more the system in place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. But that's true. The compensation, yeah. I, I just can't wrap my head around that. What do they want? Do they want the AFL to pay for a camp on the Gold Coast uh, forum? Or go. Why Essendon's do, going? You go. can play so, my mob 15 yeah, times well, next do, year if you want. You'll make Do they want. 23 home games versus Essendon, West Coast and North Melbourne. I just think, Rocky, after maybe (laughs) after travelling to Geelong, Ballarat, Tasmania, uh, up to Darwin, there's four of the away games where uh, a a few other sides in the AFL will not do that. Mm. I just don't think that could be on the agenda next year. I reckon something like that where they might pull back, might be an extra home game here or there. There has to be something. Do you you not agree with that? No, I I think it's got to do... With time slots, I think they're going to start asking for. That's how I'd see it. They'd start asking for some a few more prime time standalone games where they're not clashing with another another game on a Saturday night, which we've seen before. Here is John Olsen talking about the compensation. We've had uh, extensive discussions with the AFL on this uh, this issue. We've pursued the fact that this is an injustice to the Adelaide Football Club. And redress can come in a number of different ways. It can come with uh, travel uh, allowances and concessions. It might be fixture scheduling uh, for next year. It might be recruitment, uh, concessions in other areas. Mm. But you can be assured that the Adelaide Football Club will be pursuing this issue with the AFL. Absolutely fair enough, because that has cost the club an extraordinary amount, not just financially, but emotionally, um, opportunities to develop their squad in high-pressure situations, Rock. So what's the compensation for? Well, you, you've got plenty of opportunities to, to look yeah, at Yeah, I'm fixturing. asking you, just one. Give what, what compensation should the Adelaide Crows get for last weekend? Well, give them an extra Friday night game and give them at an home. extra prime time one. Yeah, at home. Mm. A home Friday. How often do they play Friday night games nah, at home? Really? That's really? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A- an extra one at home or something like that. Or, then a Saturday night Or like as well. I said, Rock, not travelling to a Geelong or a Ballarat. Just yep. pull one of those out of there and then put it at home. Something like that. It's a compromised <laughs> draw anyway, is it not? Yeah, 100%. of course it is. Yeah. It's a compromised draw. But they're an interstate team. They're going to still have to travel. they got an extra home game this year because of... Uh, Magic round or whatever it's called. Gather around. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's go to the phones on this yeah. one triple three five three. We got Scott from Happy Valley there. Scott, do you think the Crows Come need on, compensation? 
Yeah, I think they do. I mean, to paraphrase Choco Williams, uh, Tommy Rockcliffe, you are wrong, wrong, wrong. <laughs> I love it. Um, the only yeah. the only thing you are right about is human error. I mean, human error has occurred, um, you know, in footy for years. And I mean, I watched your career, so um, I can't dispute that fact. Two hundred eight of the best, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Hope you didn't watch mine, mate. About two hundred eight more than you. Oh God. Okay. Right. Let's go to the phones on Thanks, this. Scotty. One triple three five three. Do the crows deserve compensation? And if so. What should it be? Let's go. Love One it. triple three five three. Got some uh, Royal Adelaide show passes to Sorry give away. This is unbelievable. You can get your tickets at theshow.com.au or Foodland and a save. One triple three five three. Crows compensation. Yes or no? Triple M. Real cat amongst the pigeons at the moment. Eleven yes. minutes away from ten o'clock. We're opening up the phones on one triple three five three on the Dead Set Legends. Tom Rockcliffe, Cow Ferguson, and Tomo. Should the crows? Get some compensation for the blunder that happened at Adelaide Oval last week, uh, Callum Ferguson. I'll tell you what, if we're throwing priority draft picks at clubs that have been shocking off-field, done nothing right for years from the administration point of view, we should be throwing something towards the Crows because that was an injustice of an outrageous proportion last weekend. I could not believe... How much of a stuff-up? That's the biggest stuff-up I can remember in my time watching footy. Played at Ballarat, Geelong, Launceston, <laughs> Darwin, you know, but, uh, Venus next, I think. Yeah. So we've yeah. been absolutely yeah. everywhere in 23, right. and it cannot happen next Not year, Not next right? year. There's little violins everywhere in that studio at the moment, and all around well, I'm an Adelaide Essendon for, fan. Yep. Well, yeah, you should be asking for handouts, because your mob haven't won a I'm, final in No, we don't years, deserve so. it. The Crows do. <laughs> the Crows, the Adelaide Crows do. Compensation from a human error. Like, yep. Give me a spell. No, Where are we at? That's exactly what we want. And I'll tell you that's who right. else wants a bit of uh, compensation. That's the front bear, uh, front man of the Screaming Jets, that's Dave right. Gleeson. And he <laughs> knows his bear. stuff, Gleeson. Front bear. The front bear, yeah, he is. <laughs> bit like, a, like a cuddly bear at the moment, our man Gleeson. He's not right now. Here's what he had to say. Filthy. Here's what he had to say throughout the week. You know who would have loved a second chance? Who? That four-eyed pencil neck behind the goals. <laughs> oh, hang on. When the Crows beat the Swans the other day, <laughs> yeah. a couple of weeks ago. No, it wasn't a couple of weeks ago, yeah. It was a couple of weeks ago, but yeah. still, it still hurts me, Tomo. Yeah, I know. I've only been able to just talk about it without swearing and wanting to punch something. Mm. <laughs> Guess what I wanted to punch? The four-eyed pencil neck. <laughs> but, but the good thing about it is he... Uh, he won't be doing any officiating anytime soon, except for, for the under-7s at Redcliffe. I wouldn't have him there. <laughs> the kids are going, not that guy! <laughs> One triple three five three is the number. Do the Crows deserve compensation as we go out to Alf from Atherston? Hello, mate. Yeah, good morning, guys. Um, yes, definitely deserve it. Um, I'm a Portman, and I think they got robbed, and uh, they should. Look, this this if this happened in the first quarter, we wouldn't be talking about it today. And no one would have thought anything. But because it happened in the crucial moment of that one and a half mm. minutes to go, they should be overturned. I think they should be over. They should have been overturned. And I'm a port man, mind you. The result because, overturned. Yeah, yeah, it should have been overturned. Oh, I don't give a damn. Right. It was Love in the last. Oh, look, mate, come on, look. Alf, that's negligence. That no, no, negligence. How could you overturn, could you overturn the result? Okay, you go bump a player. Do you get fined for negligence? Yes. Okay. Why are, how could you overturn the AFL should be paying, No, the AFL should be paying the Crows money for negligence on their behalf for putting that umpire there. Oh, okay. You're saying it's, that the, you're saying that the result should be overturned. 
Yes, How? it should have been overturned. I'm a poor man, and I look. I hated to see him in there because they would have probably beaten us. <laughs> I'm a poor man. <laughs> yeah, I'm a poor I man. That, but oh, and I'm no... irate that what happened because uh, it's it happened off. to too many times. It's happened it to too is... many teams, and it happens too often. No, well it done. should be overturned. Yeah, well, 90, be overturned. ninety seconds to go. You can't overturn it because you never know what's going to happen. It. Ninety over. seconds wasn't a lot of time. Ninety seconds is not <laughs> a lot of time in a in a crucial matter yeah. of that. You That's one of the worst decisions I've ever seen. And like the boys said, it was. It should have been overruled. No. Love your passion, Alf. Well done, Alf. No worries, mate. Absolutely <laughs> love it. on you, mate. Fantastic. Let's, uh, let's head out to Laurie at North Haven. What's your thoughts? Should uh, the Adelaide Crows receive compensation? Yes, they should, mate. That was an outrage what happened. Yes. These guys are professional goal umpires that get paid. If you, you did that in a business and you're getting paid and made a mistake, what happens? Someone sues you. Mm, right? That's right. There's so much Victorian bias, mate. Look at McAdam. Yes, the VFL. He did a bump, got three weeks, didn't even touch his head, right? Should have just been play on. That Sydney guy bumps McAdam, breaks his cheekbone yep. and gets off. If you can't Incredible. say that's not bias, I'll go he, mate. I'm hearing you. It's yeah. funny, that. Yeah. Why didn't he do a concussion test, McAdam? Well, that they should have done that just to make to give him more of a penalty, mate. Well, the only way we're Rocky's solve trying to deflect violence. here. Let's get back onto it. I'm with you. I'm with you, Laurie. You're right on the money, what's mate. What's the compensation they should have received? Our, our, all the interstates should form their own league, and the Victorians can play in bloody Victoria. Yeah, I'm with you, Laurie. That's good. That's good. There's a sort of no Victorian bias playing Sydney, but anyway, um, Tim from Nan. Hello, mate. How you boys? Yeah, good. Compensation for the Crows. What should happen, brother? Uh, no, uh, I don't believe so. Um, it's part of the game. you just got to get on with it. Okay. I'm a, I'm, my team's had a tough year on the West Coast. Yeah. Um, cool. But if you look back to 2018, why don't Collingwood get compensated for the uh, block on um, Dom Sheed with a minute exactly and a half? Right. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Well, where, Ferg, where you want to get end? the trophy, yeah. do you? You want Collingwood to get the Premiership Cup? Give him the flag. Yeah. So, so where does it end? Ridiculous. But also, also shouldn't um, instead of harping on the goal umpire, he only signals. It's the field umpire that gives it the all clear. Yeah. So shouldn't we be roasting the field umpire? Yeah, there's a bit of that. There's no doubt about it, especially when there's four umpires that can adjudicate. I think it's on absolutely everyone. To you haven't, you haven't heard too right many call. of the rest of the umpiring team from that night come out in defence of them. No. Well, you should hear what Gleeson's got to say about them. <laughs> they fuck them out dry. I am still yet to hear a good argument that, that what compensation they should receive. Yeah, actually, Rocky. I want to hear a, an actual example. Let's make sure we get an example from the next couple of callers. <laughs> One triple three five three. Should the Crows deserve compensation? And if so, what? what should it be? As we go to Murray Bridge, we got Keith. How are you, Keith? Yeah, how are you guys? Good, mate. Um, yeah, I think they should get compensation. They should get uh, given a goal-kicking coach. Oh. <laughs> Outside the cat. That's the best call we've had all morning. Give the prize. Give the tickets to him. Absolutely. They've, He's won they've abso absolutely butchered eight games this year that they should have won from their goal kicking. So Can't I would concentrate that. on that. This is going to set them back 20 years because in 20 years' time when they haven't won another flag, the supporters are still oh. going to be going, oh, it's back to that goal umpire. It's his fault. Just, just starting to lose, Keith, there, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Keith, is it? Andrew you Jarman. Got, are you there, mate? <laughs> in disguise. We've lost he's been banging on about. <laughs> he's been banging he's on about on. a goal-kicking coach for years. Yeah. Unbelievable. Oh, God. Give him, give him the show tickets. We got none. <laughs> <laughs>
Keith from Murray Bridge. Give him Congratulations, the mate. You're off to the show. Enjoy that. 104.7 Adelaide's Triple M. Thanks for your calls, Hold team. on, family. 10 o'clock, family. Hello to you. Nine minutes past as we go for a beautiful top at 19 degrees oh. and mostly sunny out there. The City of Churches is flying today. Tommy Jonas, not too far away, announced his retirement throughout the week, so we're going to speak to him just before 10.30 today. But a special guest on the line, Fergus. Yeah, we seem to be blessed weekly. We've got Tom Jonas coming up with South Australian royalty every week. And, and here we've got... Uh, one of South Australia's uh, favourite sons, oh, yeah. Adelaide Oval superstar. He was the man that uh, was the face of Adelaide Oval, let's yep. face it, for you know 30 years, I reckon. And uh, that guy and that man is Les Burdett, curator extraordinaire. Les, welcome to the show. And uh, we've heard that uh, you've just completed your 23rd Variety Children's Charity Bash in a row. Is that true? Yes, I have, son. Wow. Um, and uh, there's a line between you and I. I'm dad and your son. But that's that's a right. Story for another time, mate. But yes. um, good to speak to you, Rocky and Tom. Uh, yeah, 23 in a row, and I reckon it's taken a couple of years off my life. But uh, <laughs> uh, it is a fantastic cause. I mean, when I did my first one in 2001, uh, I, uh, I thought it was a drive in the bush in an old car uh, with a heap of blokes. And uh, then I saw what Variety were doing, and, boy, it touched my heart. And... Uh, as we all know, uh, I'm, I'm blessed with uh, two daughters and Zoe and Emma, and they've uh, blessed me with three grandkids that are all healthy. And when you see some of those people out there that are struggling with uh, kids that have got special needs, um, boy, you know, if you're not uh, half a person, you've really got to get off your bottom and, and give a hand. So, Les, what's, uh, what's the story? I've, I've actually had mates that have uh, competed in this bash as well. How does it all work and how does it all play out yearly? Well, to start with, uh, everyone goes and makes some money, uh, run functions and get sponsorship uh, to put in the kitty. Uh, and then once you've collected your money over a year, the Variety Bash is designed to uh, basically celebrate the year of, of collecting money for our disadvantaged kids and spe yep. with special needs. So um, this year, I mean, just alone this year, um, Variety... The, the bash of 350 people, uh, and, and with that, you've got three cars of doctor and a nurse, you've got mobile mechanics, you've got uh, officials, and you've got the bashers themselves. But we collectively put in uh, 2.3993, uh, yeah, so basically $2.4 million. Wow, so wow. It's, it's, it's a fantastic cause, and awesome. the money goes where the money needs to go. That's the thing I love about variety. Now, Les, obviously over 23 years, some extraordinary experiences, but run us through some of your highlights. And then if perhaps at the end you could give us a bit of a, an approximation of, of, of how much you think has been reeled in in your 23 years. Oh, look, Fergie, look, for, for this year alone, uh, collecting the money in my car is John Pirro and, and Cameron Prince. It's not just me. Uh, it's the three of us plus a network of people that help pull money together. I run uh, barbecues and, and functions for that, lemon on spit and, and donations and and uh, run dinners and whatever. But it all takes a hell of a lot of work to, to pull it all together. And, and this year, the, our car, with, with the help of all those people, uh, we put in uh, $51,500. And last year, uh, the same three of us, with all those other people helping, we managed to put in $52,000. So. Right. We're pretty active, but wow. even this year, the, the, the car that put in the most was three guys, one from Melbourne, one from the Riverland, one from Adelaide that rattle cans, 
and they put in two hundred and ten thousand dollars. How good is that? Hell. So, I how mean, much it, do you reckon you've you've raised over the twenty three years, Les? Um, yeah, well, the guys in my car. Look, I Fergie. It, it would range somewhere between, you know, I don't know. If I averaged it out around thirty five thousand dollars over twenty three years, it's you know up point eight. Point eight mil or something. Wow, wow. Les, let's uh, let's talk about this lawn food that you've got because oh, we know hang that on. Fergos, hang on. Uh, he's all over this. He's getting a few free bags <laughs> from you, and we know that he cares That's more about his lawn food. than his kids. But uh, <laughs> can you talk us about this lawn food. Look, um, it started over a bit of a, a, a lunch with a with a mutual friend in uh, in David Kirk. He runs. Brunnings in Adelaide, not Bunnings, Brunnings. Brunnings. Yes, Brunnings. And and uh, Brunnings, and uh, I met with them, and uh, Zoe, my eldest daughter, and Trent Kelly were, were driving it a bit as well and thought there's an opportunity to, to do something in that line. So um, I met with them, and, and uh, David Kirk also is a supporter of variety. So uh, in doing uh, a lawn food, um, it was all about, Part proceeds going to variety. Love so it. Awesome. once that happens, I put my face and name to it. But, you know, for all I've achieved over the years, uh, my uh, achievements at Adelaide Oval and abroad and interstate, uh, you know, I really high, sort of lift them high as I can and then do a West End ad on TV and billboards at the airport. I mean, that's pretty achievable. But then Hazelgrove Wines came to me and I'm an ambassador for Hazelgrove Wines and their beautiful products. But now, mate, I've really made it knowing that my head is on a bag of shit. Yes, have a look at it. <laughs> have a look at it, too. Really look at magnificent. Of life. Look at that tash. It looks glorious. We too, love that. Liz. We've got a couple Everyone to give. Everyone reckons it's Photoshop, Fergie. No, I mean, I, I'm not having that. No, it was done, in thir- it was done back in uh, February. So oh, That's it. That's me. Beautiful. Uh, brilliant. No, it looks uh, absolutely it, superb right in front of us now too, Laz. I tell you what, yeah, when we've worry. got a couple to give away, Fergus. Yeah, yeah, we do. We've got one to give away. So uh, oh, how do you want to give it away? Yeah, well, let's do it. One, triple, three, five, three. First caller through. You can get this quality lawn food from Les Burdett. It's absolutely super. As we let you go, Les, couple of West I, Ends today, mate. Well, I'll, uh, you know, I might have to have a couple late in the afternoon just to uh, <laughs> uh, settle the nerves uh, with uh, crows and while you're on the crows, I'm going to have one little punt on this one. I mean, yep, seriously, yep. boys. Uh, uh, the, the, marking the, gold, the markings between goal to goal are six, 6.4 metres or 21 feet. Back in the late 60s, they put padding around it. So straight away, they changed the measurement between goal to goal. It's now shorter uh, and closer. If the ball hits the goal post, just call it a point and carry on, call it a goal and, and carry on with it. So if it hits I the mean, post and goes through, it's a goal, it, Les? Like every football code in the bloody world. Yeah, I love it. goes in, it's a goal. Love Stop it, Stop all this procrastination. Keep the game going. Love and it. Both teams, both teams kick a couple of points that are, that are really goals. What happens? Each team gets in a couple more goals. Who gives just, a crap? Yeah. Might as well just Get give on. the Adelaide Crows the Premiership Cup, eh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would if I could. <laughs> Good on you, Les. Les, thanks so Cheers, much for boys. your time, mate. You're an absolute star. No, good on you, fellas. Thanks, mate. Perfect. Oh, how, how good a man that he oh, is, seriously. Just a South Australian icon, isn't yep. he? What a great man. Now, Rock, you've demanded yes. a couple of minutes next. No, oh, no. Clear clear the air. <laughs> just give me a bit of runway here. <laughs> you have basically been banging on about the Crows for the whole 75 minutes we've been on Can't air. shut him up. And now he wants four he wants to a... himself. Oh, he's going to... 
It'll be seven or eight minutes knowing Rock. We won't be able to shut him up. We're going to do it next. Rocky's right wing rant. Can you Here believe it? He's hitting the airwaves of the dead set legends. Do not go anywhere, family. Here at Triple M. 104.7 Adelaide's Triple M, the dead set legends. Tom Rockcliffe, Cow Ferguson, and Tom Owen. It's been the story of the week, boys. The Adelaide Football Club robbed and oh, cheated yeah. were the words. Oh, <laughs> After the goal, the goal was disallowed from Benny Keys. One of the great snaps of all time. I think it was about 65 out. Oh, it was unbelievable. And it just snuck home. <laughs> there was no contact yep. with the post whatsoever. We would be in the finals and we would be away and away and away. We've been robbed the flag. Could not have happened to a better club. Oh, <laughs> the VFL are at it again, are they? Rock. They could not have happened to a better club, could it? I mean, Keezer, our man Keezer in the yep. front row cuddling. Yes. How about your defence, son? Oh, <laughs> hang on a second. Now, Matty Nix had a, a couple of interesting uh, ploys about this throughout the week. He was quizzed about it yes. post game straight away, straight back. And then he said he actually gave the, the players a minute to vent, and Jeez. then you had to move on. Have a listen. Wow. Oh, I gave him a minute to vent and get out any anger they had and we put a countdown timer on it and we said that'll do um, and we moved on. Now, Fergus, 60 seconds. I, I think we could do the same thing with our man, Rock, because I'm sick of these text messages throughout it. the week. Oh, he just doesn't. He's relentless. My phone's pinging 15, <laughs> 15 times an hour. I can't My keep up. goodness. The okay. Adelaide Crows. 60 seconds, I reckon. Right. Rock, let's do this. Block your ears, Triple M Legal Department. You are fake news. On the Dead Set Legends, it's time for Rocky's Right Wing Rant. Oh, what a, Here what we a go. Man. You've got a minute, okay? What and I don't want to hear any more. Fast. What a man Donald Trump is. All right. <laughs> okay, Let's you ready? Start. That'll get him yeah. going. Where are we starting? Let's go, team. Let's start with the Adelaide Crows. They had a minute to complain and whinge and bitch all week. Well, that's all I've heard all single week. Yeah, tell you what, it's your own fault you're not playing finals because you didn't turn up when you had to wear the white shorts this season <laughs> oh, and it no. couldn't have happened to a better oh, club my. last week. It hit the post where I was sitting and you've whinged and bitched all bloody week oh, about it. Oh, oh, I'll tell you what, there's politics in sport, Rock. Do you reckon that was a moment? Oh, <laughs> politics in sports. Let's talk about our man Anthony Albanese being out there on the cut stuff when the Matildas oh, didn't. Yeah. He jump on the bandwagon. What an absolute disgrace of his prime minister that man is. How about you do your job instead of forcing all sporting organisations to vote yes and support yes? How about you stop selling our farms off to the Chinese who are buying all the renewables? How about you invest in Australians? He was actually standing like a bit of a weird statue he out there, was. wasn't he? Oh, don't get me started oh, on statues. I mean, we're handing them out to teams that finish fourth now. The Matildas finish fourth and they're going to build them a statue at Suncorp Stadium. My goodness, where the hell are we at? Why don't we just devalue every single statue that's been built before us? They should have chaired them off. Oh, chairs off. Let's talk about chair off. How about our man Anthony McDonald tipping Woody last night, getting the chair off and the guard of honour for a guy that played 133 of not the best games you'll ever see. He had four disposals last night, decided to get chaired off. And you speak about an organisation like the AFL. Well, let's talk about the oh, AFL. There we go. You We're talk about another time. sixty. You talk about a CEO that was standing down and gone by Christmas last year. He's decided, yep. to stay, <laughs> he's decided to stay for another twelve months. Spend a million dollars on a recruiting firm to only employ the bloke that was sitting next door to him. That was a million dollars well spent. How about you invested in a footy operations manager that we haven't had all season, and maybe the LA Crows would be playing finals because then we wouldn't have the debate that we had last week and then you ask Patrick Dangerfield to go on the commission when he's still playing for Geelong. No, there's no conflict there. He's the head of the AFL Players Association. I mean, you talk about an organisation that have got their shit together. Are you done? Well, where else do you want me to go? I could go wherever you want. Let's talk about Dan Andrews if you want. That man has spent 
all this money on uh, the Commonwealth Games oh, only God to tell the athletes <laughs> that I'm not going to invest in them. And then he comes out a week later and says, I'm going to bid for the World Cup for men. <laughs> How about you stop spending our money? <laughs> oh, not bad. <laughs> Someone get me some oxygen. <laughs> Two minutes that went. What a performance. Outstanding, Rock. Oh, wow. Don't, don't, you've got to stop me at a minute. Oh, I'm about to blow up here. No. I'm going right in the face. 104.7 Triple M. 104.7 Adelaide's at Triple M. The Dead Set Legends, Tom Rockcliffe, Cow Ferguson and Tomo. And an absolute delight to be joined by this man, the Port yes. Adelaide Football Club skipper. He announced his retirement throughout the week at the end of the season in 2023. And he's been good enough to join us right now. Hello, Tommy. Morning, man. How are you? Ah, top yes, of the TJ, world, mate. TJ. Top of the world. Hey, congratulations on uh, your career so far, mate. It would have been a big announcement, obviously, uh, with a whole heap to play out in season 2023. How are you feeling a few days on? Yeah, actually feeling pretty um, relieved, energised and motivated for the next six weeks. You probably don't appreciate how much it potentially sort of weighs you down until you actually do it. And then it's a bit of like a weight lifted off the shoulders, so it's nice. Now, we've seen uh, the Adelaide Crows go down roughly last week. Could have that happened to a better club, oh, Tommy, in your opinion? <laughs> Hang on. Good to see you got one of the frogs out of the throw there, Rob. <laughs> but, uh, no, in all seriousness, let's talk about your season to date. It would have been, uh, no doubt, probably your most challenging year, uh, particularly as Skipper and found yourself out of that team. Yeah, absolutely. It's probably up there with when... Um, I gave Gaffy that little tickle behind the <laughs> behind the head, but um, yeah, I mean, as a leader of the club, you obviously want to be leading from the front and playing every week. And unfortunately, I haven't been in that position, so it's been challenging to find. I mean, your your purpose and where you fit, and then just readjust how you can contribute. So, it has been nice to play some footy uh, the last few weeks. Ultimately, you don't really want your teammates injured, but that's the position I've been in. Um, and then it's just doing what I can each week and. Being open to the position that I'm not necessarily going to be a walk-up start. So if Trent McKenzie's fit, um, you know there's a, there's a possibility that I won't play in the first final or something like that. So I've just got to be open to that and do what I can. So TJ, I'm always interested in how players and, and athletes come to the decision. You know, who are some of the people you spoke to? What were some of the the uh, the moments that uh, triggered your thought process around potentially retiring? I had a lot of conversations, but. I, I kind of think that it just became obvious to me as the year wore on anyway. I've always been considered myself reasonably self-aware and um, you're probably not playing quite to the standard you like. You've got young blokes coming through that are doing a really good job in a similar role. Um, you're getting on in age. And so it sort of became an organic thing. It was it was a matter of you know finding the purpose to push through for the entire year, knowing there's a great opportunity lying ahead um, and you really want to make the most of that um, but yeah I mean I, I had some great guidance everyone just said you know sticking there it could be something incredible happen at the end of the year and you want to be a part of that and you know the tables turn very quickly as we've seen a number of times and we're speaking to Tom Jonas uh, the captain of the Port Adelaide Footy Club who recently retired this will be his final season I was lucky enough to play with you for four years Tommy play under you as captain uh, you trained how you played, though. There's no doubting that. Tough as nails. How many people did you almost kill on the training track? <laughs> I had a couple of victims. If, if you ask Darcy Burn jones they were generally kids that trained on or first years or, or rookies. So that, they were generally the ones I had in the crosshairs. But one of my good 
good mates, Jack Hobbs. He'd just come back from the Giants, and he was looking pretty good in preseason. So I broke his jaw once. Oh, oh well done. <laughs> yeah, and that probably, you know, just solidified my spot in the team for a little while longer. But I worked out, I worked out later in my career that, um, yeah, you can find a bit of a balance. And, you know, <laughs> Was it fair to say Trent McKenzie better look out this week then, Tate? <laughs> I've, been, I've been gunning for him for about three months, but he never trained, so I can't get him. Oh, I love that. Hey, mate, you've been lauded from the, the leaders throughout the week in, in the press about how much of uh, your ability that people want to play with you, mate. Has that taken you by surprise or, um, you know, because some of the comments have been outstanding, as they should be? Yeah, no, I mean... It makes you a little bit uncomfortable when you hear really nice things said about you. I think Rocky, you know, he, he doesn't. He's very comfortable with people pumping him up. But <laughs> some of us, you know. <laughs> when you're yeah. perfect, TJ, that's what people do. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to be humble when you're perfect, isn't oh, it? Give us a spell, Rock. <laughs> but, um, no, look, it's it's been really, um, I've been really grateful for, you know, the kind words that people have shared. And, um, you know, I just hope that, what I leave behind is a reflection of the way I played my footy and tried to lead the club. Now, TJ, um, what, what's happening in the next 12 months, mate? Are you going to take a bit of a break, uh, spend a bit more time at home with the family, uh, and then what are you looking to do uh, post-playing career? Yeah, I don't need know if you need a fourth member of the Dead Set Legends, oh, yeah. but um, hey, hey, I'll, hey, put, hey, I'll yes. put my hand up for that. <laughs> yes. But, um, I mean, there's, there's a few options out there, but I think it'll just be... Um, bouncing around a bit and trying my hand at a few different things and hopefully find one that one that fits. Um, but, yeah, I don't want to lock into anything straight away. So, yeah, just sort of enjoy the time, um, the off-season, and go from there, see what, what, what eventuates. He's very lucky that his uh, wife is a surgeon or doctor, TJ, so you won't have to do a lot there, Fergie. You've got a lawyer degree as well, I think, <laughs> TJ, so you're pretty well set up for life post footy but um, speaking about replacements potential captain replacements who do you see taking over your job within the sort of next three or four months yeah I mean I don't think I'll have a lot of weight in that conversation and nor should I it comes down to people well above me making the call but we're pretty flush with leadership opportunity uh, depth I mean Ollie's done the role before and has matured into a really fine leader and player and I think his role has changed a bit where, you know, it's more, he doesn't actually have to be the star and have 40 and carry us on his back. But if he can have his midfield just, you know, running really nicely because it's such a wealth of talent in there, he can be, you know, a great leader for those boys. But then there's also the young boys coming through that have support him in, in Rose and Butsy. So we're in a good position in that space. TJ, you've been an absolute star of the Port Adelaide Footy Club, mate, and you hold yourself in high regard on and off the field. Congratulations on the career and thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, gents. Good on you, TJ. Right, TJ. 15 minutes away from 11 o'clock for your Saturday morning, Adelaide, the Dead Set Legends. Tom Rockliffe, Cow Ferguson, and Tom Jay Z Clark to join us just oh, after 11. Yes. On Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Open the top drawer. It's time for Tomo's Top Drawer. Oh, it's back as well, and it's become a real staple of the show. It's the one we've all been waiting for, the yep. uh, segment that never ends. <laughs> Put the kettle on. You're 15 minutes here. i got at least 15 to 17 in me. Um, now, 
We're, this week on Tomo's Top Drawer, we're talking about train wreck interviews. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. I think I might have provided one. Train wreck interviews. Because about uh, this time last week, we had the great Robbie Slater on. Yes, we did. To talk about the Matildas playing that night. Not only just that night, mm. they, which they were going for third position. Yeah. They finished fourth. They're getting a statue. But um, <laughs> in the build-up to that as well. In the build-up to that oh, as what well. What a run it had been from them. Yeah. I thought it was a great suggestion from me to mm. get Robbie on. Yeah, it's <laughs> staggering that uh, his name even came up and the fact that we went through with the interview. Now, Robbie's he's the, the foremost most... authority on football along yeah. with Mark Bosnich in yeah. the country. He's played Premier, uh, Premier, Premier League, League, League for a number of teams yep. over in the Premier League. Mm. But he gave us no insight whatsoever on the Matildas. Actually, he oh, did. Hey, he told I us he was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, he gave us one, one little segment, but it was a train wreck. Yeah, okay. It was an absolute <laughs> train wreck. Okay, so we're counting down the top five train wreck interviews oh, of yes. all time. Okay, oh. and coming in at number five is obviously Robbie Slater. We asked him, like I said, I family, it was a good interview. about... The Matildas that were playing that night. That was mm. the opening question. How do we see that they're playing, Robbie? Over to you. Yeah, morning, guys. Uh, great to speak to you. So I'm just in a bit of a rush here. <laughs> now, not a rush with you guys. I've got an open house. So I'm trying to... Oh, I'm right. Oh. All the toilet rolls and toilet seats are put down. <laughs> but they did a good note. My second ex-wife, who's been living with me, is finally moving out today. So that's, that's the positive <laughs> right. news. Right, wow. we'll take that there as a win, Robbie. <laughs> yep, beautiful. Now, that was uh, the most awkward thing that's ever hit the airways, wasn't it, Rocky? You actually had to call a couple of people about it to debrief. I had to call the producer of the show that night after I'd finished calling the game down the Gold Coast and just debrief and try and get an understanding of what had just happened earlier that morning. Unbelievable. We're still trying to work that yeah, out. Yeah, it was, it was staggering. That was unbelievable, wasn't it? Staggering. Now, coming in at number four, and I've got our man, Tommy Basso, the producer of the Dead Set Here Legends, in on this because you, you were actually... Uh, involved with this, the setting up of when Sophie Monk come on the breakfast show, yes. which we were producing at the time a with Ruined It's correct? A couple of years ago, yeah. Mm. Um, so Sophie Monk came on. We're on the strict instructions. Just don't ask about it. You don't ask about anything. Just don't ask about our ex-boyfriends, specifically Jason Statham. You're kidding. All right. This is what Rose right, rolled okay. out. What's happened? Right, I did a bit of research on you last night too, Sophie. And I, oh, this weird. is the first time I Went ever. through a couple of your ex-boyfriends oh. uh, online and found <laughs> yeah. Jason Statham. Now, he's one of my favourite actors. Is he as good a boyfriend as he is an actor? Um, he's a nice person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're not trying to get a headline here at all, no. are we? Yeah, right. Right. Hey, uh, my wife said you were the Marilyn Monroe movie uh, movie world yeah. or movie land. Before. Yeah, movie, movie world. That was How my was first that? job. What was that like? Good. Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah. These questions are so. <laughs> <laughs> First question, Ruth. Flashing on the screen in front of him was, do not ask about Jason Statham. First oh. question he's run with. He didn't know. No, he didn't know. No, he, yeah, he didn't say it. But... <laughs> God, that's stiff. Yeah. Um, now, talking about entertainers in the <laughs> game of AFL, Mark Jacko Jackson oh, was yes. one, wasn't he? <laughs> what a cracker he was. <laughs> like, seriously. And he had, a, he had a, like, he was everywhere on the field and then off the field, he got a chance to debrief his career. With Mike Sheehan, this is how that played out at number three of right. Trainwreck Interviews. You're one of those blokes that I've never forgotten. And why? Do you want to share with me well, why? Well, you're a pollutant. You know, you're a, a toilet. Yeah, you're a pollutant. You're a toilet-trained AFL jerk media <laughs> journalist. That's all you are. You're a pubic hair. <laughs> Jacko, off the top turnbuckle. He's insulted him and called him a pubic hair. <laughs> Oh, 
I've never heard what? anyone be called a pubic hair. That's extraordinary. Oh, God. Okay. Now, um, Campbell Brown was pretty feisty, the way yes. that he played the game. Yep. And then uh, he had a couple of feisty off-field incidents as well. Is that correct, Rock? Yeah, he did. I think this time uh, he had just belted his teammate, Stephen May, over, <laughs> over in LA after a training camp. And yeah. uh, poor old reporter just went to in- interview his old man, didn't he? Thomas? That's exactly yeah, what happened. The poor lady just untoward. thought, you know, we'll just get the family reaction of Mal Brown, and here's how that played out. We just wanted to ask you if you've spoken to your son at all. No, I haven't. And can you go and get <laughs> and get out of my life and out of my property and ring up and make a time like every other <laughs> does that's got any manners? Okay? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> wow. Oh. That's unbelievable. Yeah, hard to get your head around. That was even. such good v- vision, wasn't it? Oh, like, well, that happening in 2023 just wouldn't happen. So, oh. anyway, so number five, <laughs> we've got Robbie Slater. Number four, we've got Rupert with Sophie Monk. Number yeah. three, we've got Mark Jacko Jackson. Yes. Shit, pubic hair. Um, <laughs> number four, and number two, I should say, Mao Brown. And I think we finish off with Robbie Slater again. Because, yeah, he's gone five and one. Here he is after yeah. Ferg, you asked him where it's going to be won and lost tonight yep. in the game uh, right. with the Matildas. And well, here's what he said. Question. Once had a mate, I had to put him in a taxi, right? And um, drunk, like, like absolutely couldn't talk. Anyway, I got him into the back of this taxi in North Sydney. And anyway, taxi driver goes, I said, mate, look, he'll be fine. Just drop him home. <laughs> And uh, no dramas, I swear to you. Here's, some, here's money, that's a bit extra. And then he asked, he asked Nigel, which was his name, what's your address? <laughs> Nigel wouldn't tell him. Oh. I said, how's he going to take you home if you won't give him the address? He was that drunk. Anyway, he had to get out the cab because he wouldn't give him his address. So I left him on the side of the road. Wow, <laughs> extraordinary stuff. <laughs> This, this is a guy doing an interview talking about the Matildas. Yes. I'd literally just asked him <laughs> where it was going to be won and lost that night. Yep, that's that right. was the response. And Nigel come out. Story about yeah. Nigel on the Terps <laughs> that night. That great get un- for a guess there, Fergal. Very unresponsible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was one of my good ones. Get <laughs> away from 11 o'clock. Oh, 14 minutes past 11 o'clock for your Saturday morning, Adelaide. The Dead Set Legends. And I'll tell you what, when you want some news, you go to one man only. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. AFL Newsbreaker, Jay Clark. Jay-Z Clark, good morning to you, mate. Uh, great to speak to you again, team. End of the... Uh... Coming away season today, finals just around the corner in Melbourne, just a little bit warmer. Cool. Spring is in the air, it's an exciting Beautiful. time. Yep, absolutely. Let's start with the Essendon Football Club no, that will not be participating in the finals there, Jay-Z. Oh, yeah, God. and there was a fair bit in the Brad Scott press conference uh, last night. He was furious, I'm told, with the performance last night. They were horrific against GWS, 126-point losers. The whole week has been about a response and character and resolve despite having a few key players uh, out. And they were putrid in that first half, absolutely putrid. So you would have heard Brad Scott in his press conference last night, so they're going to take extreme measures over the summer to make sure they uh, move forward next year. Now, we've all thought that Essendon's sort of list is pretty talented, but, gee, it is a really, really important year for guys. High jar picks like a Perkins Reed who hasn't been able to get out of the park. Nick Cox... He's a nice-looking player, Nick Cox, a bit outside. Has he got the urgency, the intensity, really, to make it at the top level? It's going to be a big summer for him. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Well, certainly the whisper is that maybe some of the Essendon players um, were sort of not comfortable, but how did they arrive for the start of pre-season training last year? I think their condition was fair or okay. 
I think Brad Scott is absolutely going to drop the hammer on these boys in their exit meetings and demand a higher level. You know, they want 10 to 15 personal bests in that first two-kilometre time trial. So uh, I'm not sure they got that last year. So that's the sort of stuff, the professionalism, athlete lifestyle, that is all under the spotlight at Essendon after a putrid end to the um, end of the season. I think there's going to be some some big list decisions. Darcy Paris looking for probably about $100,000 more on his contract. Essendon want to keep him. He wants to stay. They might have to meet on the middle. But Brandon Zerk Thatcher... I mean, he could end up at Port Adelaide. He's unsigned no. at Essendon this year. Well, Essendon, uh, Port Adelaide, Hawthorne want to bolster their defence. He's asking for a bit of money, Brandon Zerk Thatcher, and he has interest. So potentially the Bombers could lose him. It's certainly going to be interesting a couple of weeks in their list management committee meetings. Yeah, he's a talent, Zerk Thatcher, no doubt about it. But uh, what's happening at the Bulldogs? Let's deflect away from Essendon, please. <laughs> the Bulldogs, what's happening with Bevo? Where are the doggies at? They're, they've been struggling. Uh, they certainly have, and the um, the coach Luke Beveridge is under extreme pressure, isn't he? They were poor last week, losing to West Coast, and now they come up against the half cat strength side. I'm not even sure how interested they are in uh, winning tonight, the Cats. So Luke Beveridge is a huge focus on him. I think there's going to be more change throughout the coaching um, sort of coaching room or coaching department ahead of next season. Luke Beveridge adamant that the um, that he's the right man for the job, but why are they so inconsistent? Have they recruited inconsistent players? Is the list not as good as we think? I think there's going to be some big question marks. They've got one more roll of dice. They need to win tonight, and then they could face off an elimination final against Carlton next week. But I certainly think after losing the grand final in 2021, they bombed out last year without winning a final. You know, it's uncertain what's going to happen this year. There's no doubt that they've sort of failed to deliver on their talent, the Bulldogs, over the past couple of years. Super inconsistent, particularly when Tim English is uh, taking kick-ins when the game's on the line to win. But uh, I watched Carlton live last week. Paddy Cripps was certainly sore, carrying what looked like to be, to our eyes, uh, up in the box, uh, a rib injury, Jay-Z. He won't be playing this weekend? No, he's not going to be. So Cheryl and Walsh back in, Cripps out. He's going to be a big loss. I tell you what, GWS are entering this game thinking that they are a big chance. So it's going to be absolutely on. I can't wait for this one on Sunday. Cripps has been enormous. Possibly his season has been a little bit um, underrated. They'll be missing him. But I think potentially the right call to get him Cherry right for this um, final series. I reckon he's been carrying this for a little bit. Got a huge heart, Patrick Cripps. But I think Michael Voss is taking no risks in this one. Just watch. Keep your peepers on Toby Green. He knows the stakes are enormous. I think Nick Newman actually got him last time they played, but he's going to be fired up for a big one in this, and I think it could be a lot closer than people expect. What about free agency, Jay-Z? What's the latest there, mate? Yeah, Benny Mackay is certainly very interesting. Up until now, I think we all thought that he was headed to Essendon, but um, I tell you what, Sydney right up into their mix. Hawthorne's still circling around him, so um, you think that, that his contract price is going to go up. Could it trigger that first-round compensation, which would get North Melbourne pick two? Ooh, so if they oh, lose today, on. the Kangaroos, they get pick one Harley Reid. They could get a compensation pick, pick two, have the first pick in the preseason draft as oh. leverage on all their trades. Hell. I think the Suns win that one. But Ben Mackay, I think where he lands, very, very interesting. Port's still very keen on Asaba Radagalia. Again, list managers very certain that that deal for him to join the power is an attractive one. The Cats preparing to lose him. They want Port Adelaide's future first-round draft pick. I'm not certain they'll get that, but they're putting a high price on a 25-year-old and a versatile athletic key defender. 
Oh, Jay-Z, I reckon that uh, second pick, that priority pick the Crows have got their eye oh, on that at the moment. There's been that much carry-on over here, Jay-Z. <laughs> yes. oh. and, uh, you've heard, you've obviously been talking about the new Schmozzle officer who's uh, been lining up in the arc to stop any sort of repeat of yep. last year's last Adelaide <laughs> Crows catastrophe. So it'll be a person in there with big glasses and a big red button. And if he says something that goes wrong, boom, 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 to be on that button, then he stopped the game. So we won't have a repeat of that stuff. How did they get Damien Barrett to do that? Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. Very good. Well, um, Jay Z. All right, fellas. Yeah, perfect, mate. Thanks so much for today. And you enjoy the footy this weekend. Good on you, team. Awesome. Jay-Z. Love that. Perfect. Jay-Z Clark, once again, super. Don't think he understood the uh, priority pick for the Crows. Gag there, Fergus. <laughs> we got it. <laughs> we absolutely got it. We're going to wrap the show up next here at Triple M.